Thank you for joining us for this special message from Bible teacher, deliverance minister, and prayer warrior, Carla Butot. Her message is entitled, The Far-Reaching Effects of Pornography. We'll learn how becoming ensnared in pornographic activity opens the door to demons and will result in many problems brought on by this sinful activity, not only for ourselves, but also for those around us. At the end of Carla's message, she'll lead us in a prayer to break soul ties created by engaging in illicit sexual relationships. Nice to be back with y'all. Today I have a message. Maybe it's not talked about too much, but needs to be. And it's about pornography and the far-reaching effects of pornography. God opened this up to me several years ago, and it's quite interesting. It has become a cancer, actually, in our society, uh, like a virus, and destroying the lives of men, women, children. It's destroying marriages, families, and even ministries or ministers who have this problem. It's a problem in every country. It knows no boundaries, age, race, education, income, or gender, because it's not specifically men who are addicted to pornography, but women as well. The definition of pornography in Webster's, it's a Greek word, and it's pornographos, and that means writing of harlots. French, the word is porn or porné, and it means harlot and graphene to write pictures of writings describing erotic or sexual behavior and intended, this is the intent, to cause sexual excitement. In Matthew 6, 22 and 23, it says, The light of the body is the eye. If, therefore, thine eye be single, and that means looking away from everything dark or evil, thy whole body shall be full of light, and that is inner light, or spiritual illumination and truth. But if thine eye be evil, and that means degenerating from original virtue or excellence, the whole body shall be full of darkness meaning low, light, little light, or no light. It means ignorance and secretive. In Proverbs 22:29, it says, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. The word bountiful is good in every sense. Isaiah 33, 15 through 17 says, He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despises the gain of oppressions, that restrains his hands from holding bribes, that stops his ears from hearing of blood, and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the stronghold of rocks. Bread shall be given him, his waters sure. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. Genesis 3, 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. 1 John two sixteen says, for all that is the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Here is the process of pornography. The eyes see it, the flesh is aroused, 
Remember the definition said intended to cause sexual excitement. It stirs up the lust of the flesh. And that word means a longing, especially for that which is forbidden. Concupiscence is a desire to set the heart upon, desire, a craving. It leads to self-gratification most of the time. That is the purpose, is to incite sexual excitement and then have the person participate and gratify that sexual excitement with masturbation or finding someone. So it will lead to self-gratification. It's a temporary feeling of well-being and it's a sense of off peace. John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, this is having to do with maintaining peace. Whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord God is everlasting strength. What happens is that when people uh, are under stress, they will look to something that brings them a false peace. Some people go to food. Some people gamble. Some people shop. Whatever your bondage is that brings you a false sense of peace. It's a false peace, and it's an idol. It becomes an idol. Instead of running to the Lord, we run to other things to regain that sense of peace and well-being. It's an altar of worship to be defended or protected, a place to be revisited, like the groves in the Old Testament. You know, for a long time I didn't understand that, but in the Old Testament it would talk about the kings and if there were not this place called groves, they would plant one. Well, later I understood that even God's people would involve themselves in the activities of the pagans. And, you know, things like this still go on today. It was a place where the godless people would go and have their rituals and ceremonies, and they had an idol set up that they would worship, all manner of evil went on in these places. So many of the kings, even kings of Israel, would have their place in their kingdom, but then they would also go and participate in the activities 
of the pagans would be like having one foot in the church and one foot in the world, which still goes on today. So that's what the groves were. It, it's interesting that they thought they would go in this grove, which is like in the woods. My husband and I moved to East Texas years ago, and I found out that many evil things take place out in those woods, that people would go there to do things because they were undercover. The godless people would go in these groves, and they thought that if they were under the trees doing these evil things, that God couldn't see them. So it really is involves a lying spirit because, of course, we know that God can see everything. So let's review the process. Satan tempts and seduces, actually. James 1.14 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, which means entrapped. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So first, he hooks you with it. Then he reels you in, and then he gets you involved. Then he accuses you, shames you, condemns you, torments you, and blackmails you. He traps you in your hidden secret sins. Satan has his greatest power over your life in the areas of your secrets. And the plot is to take you down. And why does he want to do that? To cause you to be ineffective in the kingdom of God and to destroy you. So this teaching actually was born out of a letter that I was writing to a young man, and I'll tell you more about that later. After I got the letter written, God said, I want you to teach this in the church, you know. So it was kind of a sticky subject to talk about, but one that really needs to be brought out into the open and for people to receive deliverance in, talking about pornography. Years ago, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, back in there, the only place that you could find pornography was the seedy parts of town. You would have to go to a store way down in the bad parts of town in order to get these magazines. Then they made them available by subscription. Most of the time, these magazines would get passed around. Many men from my generation would say the first time that they ever saw pornography was being over at a friend's house or a neighbor, a cousin, or maybe they found their own dad's magazines of this sort, girly magazines. And so they really were not easily accessible. But today, it's everywhere. I mean, I remember when the uh, VCR tapes first came out, and the pornography industry would, of course, make those available. And then it made it possible for men to have these things in their own home. Today, it's on the computer. They look at it at the office. They look at it at home. Even church offices, I have had pastors confess that in their office at the church, they would have looked at pornography. It's everywhere. 
You can see it on TV. Now you have your pay-per-view channels where you can look at it on television. You know, it's really sad that you can pull up the guide on your television and at some point you get down to those channels. And I just think how awful it is that children who may be looking at the guide even have to see the titles of these things that are available on pay-per-view. I just wish there was a way... I mean, I, I really wish it would have stayed in the seedy part of town undercover, but sadly it's everywhere. You can watch it on television. The satellites have brought in more. Now they have DVDs. The soap operas on television these days are like soft porn. Now, when I was a young woman, before I was saved, I watched soap operas, and but I haven't uh, looked at them since I've been saved, but I was at a person's house, and they had it on, and I was flabbergasted to see just how far they have gone even on television with the soft porn. It's like there's no shame about it anymore. Even people can watch pornography now on their cell phones if they have internet access on their phones. Not only that, people send nude photos of themselves over these cell phones. Sexting, they can send a sexy text or a suggestive text and arouse someone with explicit writings. Now, people are making their own porn movies. Even in the acting industry and movie industries, many people have made their own sex films and even released them on YouTube and things like that. It's really just exploded. And then you have your books. You have romance novels or I don't care what the storyline is. Nowadays, they bring in these sex scenes, which are very explicit in writing, and those also fall under pornography. I saw a documentary once. They were talking mostly about sex offenders, either rape, molestation, pedophiles, serial killers, sexual predators that are serial killers, and they all said that they got their start by looking at pornography because that's what it's geared to do is to excite and create an appetite for that in a person's life. We have a word for people like this. Most um, of us have heard the word pervert. The Webster definition of pervert is one given to some form of sexual perversion. The word perverted means twisted and corrupt. The word perversion is someone having abnormal sexual behavior. And the word perverse means turned away from that which is right or good. Satan's goal is to pervert truth. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. So he doesn't want us to be acquainted with Jesus. He doesn't want us to believe the word of God. In the beginning with Adam and Eve, that was the first thing he did was challenge them not to believe the word of God. And he still uses that same tactic today and very successfully, I might add, to cause people not to believe the truth of the word of God. Satan wants to pervert marriage. The biblical definition of marriage is to join as husband and wife. I looked up the word husband. It means a married man, 
a male person being the sex that fathers young. The word wife is a married woman. An adult female person being the sex that bears young. So see, we have the male who fathers the young and the female who bears the young. Now the Webster's definition of marriage is the institution whereby a man and a woman are joined in a special social and legal relationship for the purpose of making a home and raising a family. So see, Satan wants to pervert the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife. And if a man or a woman is involved in pornography, it will pervert the sexual relationship between the husband and the wife. Most of the time, if a husband is looking at pornography, of course, the wife is not involved in pornography. There are, I have heard cases, where the husband and the wife watch pornography together, and even some marriage counselors will suggest this, which tells you where the world is as far as marriage counselors go, that they would suggest that a husband and wife watch pornography together is just beyond my imagination. But if a husband is watching pornography, he will desire the things that he sees on those pornography movies, and then he will want his wife to do the things that are seen in these perverse movies. And this is how the marriage bed even becomes defiled by these things. The woman is reduced to feeling like a prostitute or a a porn star. And that is not at all what God had in mind between a husband and a wife. Also, he wants to pervert the marriage relationship by having people just shack up and not get married. In 1 Timothy 4, one of the things that is listed there um, about in the last days, it says, Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, uh, commanding to abstain from eating meats that were created by God. And then it says, And forbid to marry, forbidding to marry. I said to the Lord one day, I can't imagine there ever being a time when people would be forbidden to marry. And God said, look up the word forbid. So I looked it up, and one of the definitions for the word forbid is neglect. So see, today we see many people who just neglect to marry. They just live together, maybe even have babies together. Then they decide they don't want to be together anymore, so they just move along to the next partner and have babies with them. And that is a perversion of what God intended for men and women in marriage relationships. And also, people will refer to their live-in shack-up person as their fiancé. And my son, I saw a friend of his uh, not long ago, and I said, well, are you still with the same woman? And he said, 
uh, oh, yeah, me and my fiancé are still together. And I, I said, no, 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 listen, you're going to have to call her something else because a fiancé is someone who has a ring on their finger, a date for the wedding is set. That is what a fiancé is. A fiancé is not just somebody you live with, <laughs> you know. So in our society, we have begun to change the definition of things to fit what is going on socially in our world. But if you're not married and you're shacking up, you need to repent. You know, it's shocking to me that many people who go to church together as a couple, some of them are not even married. They're just living together in blatant rebellion and sin, and yet they... They want to sit in the pews like all the rest of the married couples. That's a perversion, to say the least. Remember what Jesus told the woman at the well when he said, go get your husband, and she said, I don't have a husband. I've had five husbands or something to that effect. Well, Jesus told that woman to go and sin no more. And listen, we are living in the days where we need to get serious with the things of God. Time is growing shorter and shorter, and it's time for us to make a decision whether we're going to call ourselves Christians, which means followers of Christ, and to be Christ-like, and to put sin away from us and repent and become sanctified as Jesus intended for us to do. Satan wants to pervert gender identity. We see a lot of this in the world today. What does that mean? Women professing, I'm really a man, but I was born in a woman's body. Or men professing, I'm really a woman, but I was born in a man's body. Is that not the epitome of confusion? And God is not the author of confusion. He showed me one time how simple it is. If if a person is standing in front of the mirror with no clothes on, and they see their body, they see the body parts that they were born with, that is going to identify whether or not you are a male or a female. It's not what's going on in your mind, and 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 I'll touch on that in a minute, why there is so much confusion in the world today. And it's getting worse and worse. I've even heard that people with children as young as kindergarten age, they're not forcing a particular gender on the child, but they're going to let the child decide what gender they want to be. I mean, it's um, it's just absolutely getting crazy out there. So he wants to pervert gender identity. If Satan can destroy the marriage, God's design. Compared to Christ's relationship with the church, he can destroy the family. That's why he hates family. Satan hates family. First of all, because he can never have one of his own. If he can destroy the marriage, he can destroy the home. And if he can destroy the home, he can destroy the church. Because in actuality, the church is made up of families. In Genesis 3.15... When he said to the serpent, I will put enmity, ill will, hatred, mutual hatred, between thee and the woman who is the church and between thy seed and her seed, 
And also in Revelation twelve seventeen it says, And the dragon, who in verse 9 is made clear to be Satan, was angry with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. And then he makes it perfectly clear who this remnant is. Those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that is the church. So we see this war going on between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. So we need to be very clear that the word says we are in a war. You need to choose whose side of this war you're on. Because Romans 6.16 says, Know ye not that to who ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are who ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. If we call ourselves Christians, we should have no part with the kingdom of darkness. We should not allow ourselves to be under the obedience of Satan. So here's what we need to know, that pornography, this is one of the things that God showed me about pornography, is actually high-level witchcraft used by Satan to seduce, to infiltrate, to manipulate, to initiate, and then to propagate his purpose to kill, steal, and destroy. Pornography is as addictive, it is said, as cocaine. And it's been scientifically documented to have the same effect on the brain as someone under the influence of cocaine. Now, I've never done drugs, but I've heard it said that anybody who does cocaine, when they get that that first high, that it is something that they want to re-experience, but you can never experience that very first euphoria that happens in the brain when you first do cocaine. It can never be replicated. It can't happen again. And so you keep going back to it, hoping, hoping, hoping for that same high, but it doesn't happen. The same thing is said about pornography. There is a change that takes place in the brain whenever someone gets involved in, with pornography. And I've been told that it's a very hard addiction to break. But that's because it's a high-level witchcraft that draws you in and then hooks you. This is the perversion about Satan. Satan will introduce you to something and get you hooked on it. And then he tries to convince you that there's really nothing wrong with it. And he'll say, come on, nobody will know. You can do that right in the privacy of your own bedroom, with your computer. A lot of people get up in the middle of the night and and go and engage in this and seducing you. You know how good it feels. You know how it'll help you sleep better. It'll help you work off your stress. And then the person falls to, to the temptation. And then Satan turns around and goes, oh. Look what you did. Oh, you are you should be ashamed of yourself. That that's how Satan is. 
He'll lure you into it, and then afterwards, he's going to torment you to the point of causing you to have self-hatred, guilt, shame, sinfulness, all the rest. It's a real evil cycle. Here are some spirits associated with pornography. Okay, there's fornication. That word in Strong's under the Greek, it means pornea, which is harlotry, including adultery and incest. Figuratively, it is idolatry, going after other gods. Another is pornuo, and that is to indulge in unlawful lust of either sex. The definition of indulge is to be tolerant toward. Tolerant is relative capacity or ability to accommodate and to become agreeable with psychologically to an unfavorable and disadvantageous environmental factor. The allowable deviation from a standard or the notable departure from an accepted norm. That's what it means to tolerate. Lust is sexual desire, intense or unrestrained sexual desire. It means lewd or vulgar, sexually unchaste, obscene, disgusting to the senses, repulsive, deeply offensive to morality or decency, especially designed to incite lust or depravity, marked by corruption or evil, especially perverted, which is one of the words defining reprobate in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be made known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because when they knew God, they glorified not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile, which is shameful and disgraceful affections, for even their women did exchange the natural use for that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, indecent, and shameful, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was fitting. And even as they did not like to retain God in knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not seemly, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, 
full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they who commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. These scriptures in the letter that I was writing was actually to a young man who had told his mother that he was homosexual and was living an open homosexual lifestyle. He was out of high school, in college. It actually was the son of a cousin of mine. You know how things are passed down generationally. We have a lot of things in our family. We have bipolar in our family. We have suicide in our family. We have addictions, uh, alcoholism, drug addictions, many different things in our family. But homosexuality was never found among the people in our family. So it caused me to wonder, where did this come from, Lord? How did this happen? Well, my cousin had married a man, and she did not know that he had an addiction to pornography. Not only that, but you know these triple X theaters that are on the sides of highways? He would spend time there. Now, she didn't know this. He would be going to work. He would be at these places. She found this out later after they divorced. What God showed me when I asked him about the homosexuality was when his daddy would watch this pornography, there is all manner of perversion in these pornographic films. They have men and women, men and men. They have two women and a man, two men and a woman. I've been told there's even child pornography on these sites. There is bestiality. There is all manner of perversion. So what God showed me was that as he sat there, and this is the danger of it. This is why I warn people of pornography because they think they're just, you know, I'm an adult. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not involving anybody. But let's say a dad gets up in the middle of the night and goes to his computer desk and watches these type things. What he does not know is those spirits are being released into the home. They're going all in the home. They're traveling. They are visiting his children while they're in the bed. As he is watching this, those spirits are entering into his eyes, and they had attached themselves, these evil spirits of perversion. All of the things that are in those movies went into the man and attached themselves to his seed. And then when he got my cousin pregnant, those spirits were right there, traveled with the seed right in when the baby was conceived. The thing that my cousin said that she and her son fought about the most, which my cousin divorced um, the daddy of this little boy when he was quite young. So she raised him as a single mom. But he told her 
I have known, I was born this way, he would say. I was born this way. And she would say, no, that that is a lie from the pit of hell. And when she talked to me about it, I said, well, maybe not. And she said, you can't possibly believe that he was born that way. I said, well, I don't believe that God creates anyone to be a homosexual. But I explained to her what God showed me about the pornography, about the familiar spirits attached to that, and how they attached to the seed, how they went right into the womb with the conception of her son. And those spirits were right there all over that baby as he was being formed because you could see that spirit on him when he was an infant. I can remember looking at him and thinking, my goodness, he's so effeminate. He's almost like a little girl. At the time, I didn't know what I know now. I mean, he's in his 20s now, but... When I began to learn about spirits and familiar spirits, now familiar spirits, many, like I've read little booklets on familiar spirits, and they're always talking about those spirits that work with psychics and palm readers and tarot cards and all of those things. Those are familiar spirits. Let me explain. There is a TV show called Crossing Over. I don't even know if it's on anymore, but I remember when it first came out, I couldn't even believe they were having that on television because it's necromancy. They're going to get you in contact with a dead loved one. The person that was going to get in contact with the dead loved one, he would have someone in the audience stand up, and he would start prophesying although it's the perverted side. Satan takes everything and perverts it for his kingdom. So the man who is going to talk to the audience member has a spirit around him of divination, actually. The person who stands up has spirits. If we could see in the spirit realm, we would see angels and demons, and we would see spirits that have traveled down our bloodline. They're all around us. And so the man's spirit of divination would communicate with the spirits around this person. And then the audience member's spirit would communicate to his spirit. And then the spirit would tell the man. And the man would then, in turn, start telling the person about themselves or about their dead loved one. And everybody is just so wowed by that but it's all demonic. These familiar spirits also are spirits like each of us have familiar spirits that have traveled down our father's bloodline. We have familiar spirits that travel down our mother's bloodline that give us familiarities of people that were our ancestors. Many times there will be spirits around people. Let's say there's a rapist. He has spirits of rape around him. And then you have a girl who may be her mother or her grandmother or someone in her bloodline had been raped, and so she has the victim of rape, that spirit around her. And so 
the spirit of the ripest is drawn to the spirit of the victim of rape. There was a woman who came to Lake Hamilton one time. She was in her 70s. I was teaching on familiar spirits, and I used that as an example. She came forward almost like having a nervous breakdown. She had been raped when she was 16. She never told anybody about it. Then her daughter was raped at 16. She had a granddaughter that was 15, about to be 16, and it was just killing her. The fear of her granddaughter would be raped when she turned 16 years old. And it happened to be a women's conference. The mother was there. The 70-year-old mother was there of the mother of the 15-year-old. So all three of the women were there. See, this is the problem about rape, incest, homosexuality, all of these things that we keep secret, those are the areas that Satan has his greatest power. So I encourage people, don't keep these deep secrets. Expose them. That breaks the power of Satan off of your life. But it needs to be dealt with. If the grandmother had received deliverance of all those spirits that happened when she was raped, quite possibly her daughter may have never been raped. And that's why Satan doesn't want you to expose things that have happened to you so that he can keep on, keep on, go from one generation to the next to the next. And we see that happen. We see people who have been molested and they never tell anybody, and then their child gets molested, or they end up molesting their own child because those things were never dealt with. That's why I love the ministry of casting out of demons because it makes such a huge difference and can make such a huge difference in what happens in the generations that follow us. I didn't know this when I was... um My children were like teenagers whenever I started really learning about this. And I say now, even some of the seeds that were in my children that came down generationally had already uh, begun to take root and bear fruit whenever I learned about this ministry. I tell people, if I had known whenever I gave birth to my babies what I know now, the delivery room would have had Uh, more than one meaning. I would have delivered the baby, them being born, and then I would have delivered the baby. I would have been casting out demons that I knew had followed them down the bloodlines. And quite possibly some of the things that my children have suffered, they may not have suffered. So that's why I love bringing forth the knowledge that God gives about these things. So this young man, I wrote this letter to him. I shared all of this information with him, letting him know that, no, God did not create you this way. You may have been born this way because of those spirits, but through Jesus Christ, you can have these things dealt with and lead a normal life. Well, now that he's been involved in it for so many years, Now it's a stronghold, and there's a lot of lying spirits telling him that this is a bunch of bunk and 
that sort of thing. But I'm not ever going to give up hope on him because his mother raised him in the way he should go. He was raised in church. He experienced a lot of supernatural things when he was growing up. He knows the power of God, and he knows that this is the only place that his hope is. But what Satan does is he will cause you to feel so shamed and beyond hope. And the lie is, no, 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 you'll never be free of this. That's what you are, and that's that. We continue to pray and believe that the scripture that God says, if you train up a child in the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. We don't let go of that hope for this young man. And I don't let go of the hope for anyone, and especially if they have an addiction to porn. You are able to be free from it. Jesus wants you to be free. If you are addicted to pornography, he wants you to be free. He doesn't want anything to have power over you like that. Here is the rest of the definition of lust. It means salacious. And that means arousing sexual desires or imaginations. See, when when a person is watching this pornography, eventually they will begin to see themselves as one of the actors. It means lechery. That is old French, lechery and gluttony. From the word lechier, which means to lick, of Germanic origin, akin to Eastern English, the word lick. It encompasses all oral sex acts, homosexual or heterosexual, all acts leading to sexual intercourse. That's what salacious means. Also inordinate or having no boundaries and indulgence in sexual activity. So all of these definitions fall under the word fornication, not just the sex act or intercourse. It's not just intercourse that means fornication. It's all of these sexual acts that will lead up to intercourse. The Webster definition of fornication is human sexual intercourse other than between a man and his wife. Anything outside marriage and remember, we've already settled what a man is and what a, what a husband is and what a wife is. Intercourse means copulation, which means to engage in sexual intercourse. And listen to this. I was shocked to learn that this is part of the definition. To fuse permanently. To unite by or as if by melting together to blend and integrate. So see, in the, in the world of um, deliverance ministry or casting out demons, we call these soul ties. This is what took place with every person you've had sexual intercourse with. You've become permanently fused together with that person through soul ties because in the spirit realm, there's a spiritual cord that keeps you connected. In other words, you may not have seen this person or talked to them since departing, but you're still connected to them spiritually. And with each encounter, you have given over access to your body and you have forfeited a degree of authority to them. That's why 
you may a person may dream about somebody from the past, an old lover or you know something like that. They'll just pop into your mind when you least expect it. That person on the other end may be thinking about you, but it travels across that soul tie and has an effect on your life. The torment is like, gosh, why can't I get them out of my mind? I don't want to think about them. This is how Satan torments us. In 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says, Flee fornication, for every sin that a man does outside the body is outside the body. But he that commits fornication sins against his own body. Through intercourse, you became one with that person. And upon departure, they take with them spiritually a piece of your soul. I tell people all the time, if if we could see ourselves um, in the spirit, in the spiritual sense, many of us would look like Swiss cheese, having parts of our soul missing, having parts of our minds missing because we've been scattered by these sexual relationships with people or even a close emotional relationship you can form a soul tie with. You know, in the Bible it talks about Jonathan and David, and it said that Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Their souls were knit together. Now, my grandmother used to knit. You could take something that's been knitted, and I don't think you could pull it apart if you tried. Now, you might have a sheet, per se, and be tugging on that, and at some point, the fabric would weaken and tear, but not something knitted. And this is what happens when we have sex with other people. We become knitted together. Our souls become knitted together. Then when they leave, they take a piece of your soul and a piece of your mind. It's not uncommon. After I pray for somebody, let's say a woman or a man has been real promiscuous, they've had many sexual partners, I say we need to break the soul ties with each of those people and call back that portion of your soul and that piece of your mind that they took with you. And when I get done, I say, wow, I felt that. I could feel that happening. So it's a very real thing, even though it doesn't seem like it is. This is why we have so much mental confusion in people today because their minds are scattered and their souls are scattered. So if this has happened to you, you need to make a list of each person that you have had sex with. If you have watched pornography, you need to break the soul ties with people that you have entered into their acts on the screen. Um, probably would have to do that overall. Or if you watch two women together, you need to break the soul ties with lesbians activities. If you've watched two men, you need to break the soul ties with the homosexuals. You need to break soul ties with bestiality. And you don't even know what those people on the screen, you may be just watching a man and a woman, but perhaps the woman has been with other women or the man has been with other men or they may have been with animals and you just don't know it. But those spirits are still coming through. Another way I learned about familiar spirits like this I had gone out to California to visit my son, and on the way home, I had packed my Bible, so I didn't have anything to read, 
and it was like a three and a half hour flight. So I, I thought, well, I'll just pick something up in the bookstore to have something to read while I'm on the plane. Well, I'm not a big book reader, but I like a good mystery. I had picked up the book. You may remember it years ago. This book came out called The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Well, I didn't even know it was a bestseller, but I had read the back of it, and it sounded like a good mystery, so I picked it up. Well, I'm reading it on the plane and um, probably didn't get to this part on the plane because it was a pretty thick book. But as time went on, I began to sense that the star of the book, they were alluding to the fact that she might be bisexual or lesbian. And I was thinking, oh, man, they're going to ruin this story with making her a lesbian. Well, come to find out, she was bisexual. And so when it would start leading up to, oh, she would meet somebody, and you knew where it was going to go. So I would immediately just skip all of that because I didn't want those images in my mind. I didn't want to read them. But I wanted to see what happened to the mystery in the book. And so... Um, about a year later, and then I found out it was a trilogy, so naturally I read all three of them. Well, um, I was leading a Bible study, and I was teaching on sexual sin. And when I got to the part where I was going to do deliverance, one of the women left the room and didn't come back until everybody had left the house. And when she came out of the bathroom, she was, she looked terrible. I mean, she had been crying, and her face was all red, and she just looked a mess. And she told me that that she had an issue that she did not want to leave with, but she didn't want to talk about it in front of the other women. And I said, "Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't leave with the issue." I said, "What is it?" And then she just sat there and looked at me for a long time. I said, I know exactly what's going on right now. The enemy is telling you not to tell. He wants you to keep it a secret so he can torment you with it. I said, the best way to bust that power that he's having over you is just say it. The next second, she just said, I'm sexually attracted to you. When I am ministering and praying for people, I'm in the zone which means my spirit woman, my spirit man is in charge. My flesh is not even involved. When she said that, my flesh woman is like horrified, like, what? Oh, my gosh, couldn't believe what I heard. But I didn't skip a beat. I just got up. I put my Bible down. I went over to her. I started binding those spirits, commanding them to get out of her. And she received deliverance. And after it was over with, it was over. I mean, she was free from that thing that was tormenting her. And when I left the house, I, I was asking the Lord, Lord, where in the world did that come from? I mean, I, you know that there's not a bone in my body that is, has that persuasion to it. But God said, remember that book you read, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? And I, I had to think because it had been years. And I, I was like, well, yeah, I remember that book. He said, 
the woman in that book was bisexual. And the familiar spirits of bisexual came out of that book and attached themselves to you. And that's, it was responding to the spirits in her because her husband had had an addiction to pornography. That's her husband, so they're one. Those spirits were also operating in her, and those spirits were attracted to that familiar spirit that came out of that book. I was floored. I mean, this is when I really understood the power of how those familiar spirits work. So you see, what you allow to enter in your eye gate, your ear gate, your mouth, your mind, there are spirits operating with those things. And those spirits are communicating with other spirits in the world. So that's why we have to be so very careful about what we see, what we watch, what we read. And I think how wonderful, though, that the flip side is also true, that as you read the Word of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Truth, all of those spirits that are involved in the Word of God, prophecy, discernment, are entering you as you partake of the Word of God. So that's the danger in thinking that it's okay that you're not hurting anybody by watching pornography in the privacy of your own bedroom or your office. No, everything you do affects everybody else. None of us can just have our own little private thing going on. Not in the spirit realm. It doesn't work that way. Also attached to pornography is adultery. Now, nobody would see it that way. In fact, if you're listening, there may be some going, what? (laughs) Adultery. Yes, adultery. The Old Testament says in Exodus 20, verse 14, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And the definition of that is voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and someone other than his or her spouse. Leviticus 20, verse 10 says, And the man who committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he who committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Okay, so you're thinking, well, I haven't had sex with those people on the screen, but listen to this. In the New Testament, Jesus says in Matthew 5:28, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So when a person looks at pornography and is excited, enticed sexually by what they see on the screen, and then, of course, the goal is to get the person watching involved so they are sexually excited, so they gratify themselves. So now you've entered in to an um, imaginary adulterous relationship with who you're looking at on the screen because you're lusting after. The lust is there 
and then you gratify even even the lust. Even if you don't gratify, the lust is there when you watch it. That will bring the sin of adultery to your house, to your body. And you know what? That's a serious thing because in Leviticus it says that whoever commits adultery, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. A person brings a death sentence upon themselves through watching and participating with uh, pornography. A death sentence. Now, I wonder how many people would connect the dots. It doesn't mean that you're going to die immediately, just like God told Adam and Eve, the day you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. We know they didn't drop dead when they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. No, but death entered in. Death entered into mankind. And with death, death is the ruler spirit over all disease and sickness, afflictions, because that's the uh, purpose of death is to kill. And it's through the kingdom of darkness, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we need to stop and examine our lives. There are many things listed in Leviticus chapter 20 that will bring a death sentence on a person. It may mean death to relationships, death to finances, death to opportunities, death to dreams that you have for your life, death to even ministries that God has purposed for you. But because these things that have a death sentence are operating in your life, they never happen. So we need to examine ourselves, and especially in this area of pornography and adultery. For many people, pornography kills the marriage relationship. Because, as I said a while ago about the cocaine and how pornography affects the brain, many people who are married, who have a husband or a wife, have been seduced by pornography and taken in and to the point that they would rather and get more pleasure out of pornography than they do a a healthy sexual relationship with their mate. Now, this is where another spirit enters in. It's called the spirit of the bride of Satan. And this is what this is what Satan does. When a person involves themselves in perverse activities. Uh this is even true of women who were molested um as a child. This is true of people who were incested. Um, this spirit comes in and Satan says, this one is mine. And so then there is um, no relationship. Many women who were molested as children and they never marry, or maybe they marry but they get a divorce, and then they never remarry. There's desolation. That's another whole teaching on its own. It's called Desolation, the Curse of Tamar, 
women who have been raped, and men too. Women are, are not the only ones who get raped. Men get raped too. Little boys get molested and raped. And, and if it's an ongoing thing, Satan says she's mine or he's mine. And we'll use that person to molest others or keep them from having a marriage because Satan wants to use them. He will use a woman's body and send sex spirits, like the incubus and the succubus spirits, to have their way. Many women that divulge the information that something is coming to them at night, or I can recognize it now. I'll just ask them, are you having nighttime visitations? Are you being tormented in the night by sex demons? This is also part of what happens in pornography, because those spirits will come out of the screen and have activity with the person who is hooked on pornography. Those sexual encounters that are supernaturally evil become more satisfying than having a sexual relationship with their husband or wife. And you know what I learned? God has an anointing on things that are his. But guess what? Satan also has an anointing. He will anoint these evil things to seem better than what the good thing is. It's twisted and deep with so much evil, and people don't understand it. To connect the dots, when I say that, perhaps someone who has been uh, hooked on pornography will come down with some incurable disease, diabetes or um, heart disease or prostate cancer or impotence or any of these things that doctors can't really do anything with, we don't connect the dots to these kind of things. So this is, that may be something that you need to think about if you have been involved with pornography. When you look at something, like Jesus said, if you lust after someone in your heart, you've committed adultery already. My Uncle Ernie used to quote... It, Ernie Marzullo used to quote his brother, Frank Marzullo Sr., who would say, when a beautiful woman walks by, the first look is free, but the second look costs you. If you turn, you see the beautiful woman, you turn away, but then a few steps later you turn back around to look again, that's the one that's going to cost you. Of course, we all had a big laugh after that because we know exactly what he's talking about. So... um when a man or a woman indulges in pornographic material, whether in a book or on a computer or in a movie, recalling an old love relationship or even in the imaginations of your heart and your mind, it stirs up sexual excitement and causes lust to arise. That is one of the things that, that, that you have to deal with constantly if you've been involved in pornography. James 1.14 says the process is you're tempted when you're drawn away of your own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So it's time to repent if you've been involved in any of these activities that we have discussed. Here is a set of scriptures 
that talk about how adultery can bring physical problems. It's in Proverbs chapter 7, and it explains what happens when a man is seduced by an adulteress. It says in verse 21, With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering, the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteneth to the snare, and knows not that it is for his life. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Now, you can look at this as an adulterous woman, or you can even look at it as a seducing spirit. Regardless, that is the purpose, is to destroy you. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. But when it's happening, when this process begins, you don't know that that's the end of it. That's where you're going to end up. It says, till a dart strike through his liver. So it could be possible that liver problems could be a result of adulterous relationships or chasing after a harlot. So if you have liver problems, that may be something you want to consider and repent of those ways that were not godly. Anytime somebody has a sickness and they want prayer, I always ask them first, is this something that runs in your family? Let's say your great-grandfather had an adulterous relationship or your great-grandmother had an adulterous relationship and they have liver disease and never even connected the dot to their sin. But then that infirmity gets passed down the bloodline. It may be that you have liver problems and you never committed adultery, but someone in your bloodline has. And so when you go through deliverance and you have those generational things broken off of you, it could very possibly lead to healing, a divine healing of your liver problems. That's what I love to see happen is sometimes people will sit under deliverance. and They don't even know that something's in there until later they realize they've gotten free from something that they didn't even know was there. Because there's no way we can know what all of our ancestors were into. I wanted to tell you another instance of familiar spirits and how they work. My husband has an optical shop, and this man came into the shop. Actually, we got to be kind of friends with them. But the daddy was blind in one eye. He was blind in his right eye. So that when my husband made glasses for him, he only had to really put the correction in the left lens, but he would put, you know, just the lens in the right eye. Nobody could tell that he was blind in his right eye, but anyway, he was blind in his right eye. And that was due to an accident that he had on the job. He lost the sight in his right eye. Now, they had two children before the accident, perfectly healthy children. After he was blinded in his right eye, they got pregnant with a third. They had the baby, a little boy, and he was born blind in his right eye. 
I thought it was weird. When the little boy got his glasses, they told us that he was blind in his right eye. And I said, isn't that the same eye that the daddy's blind in? And they said, yes. And I thought, that is so weird. And they had taken him to specialists. They could not find any reason why that child could not see out of the right eye. And I went to many church services, special prophets and and healers, and people would come to town. We would all be in that meeting together. The little boy would always go up for prayer, wanting to be healed in his eye. Well, he's nearly 30 today, and he's still blind in his right eye and gave up on it, doesn't even ask for healing anymore. We've lost contact with him. Both of us have moved to other places now, but made me think, gosh, I wish that we had known this at that time to deal with the familiar spirit that came down the family line from the father to the son. Anyway, that's how real these things are. And because we've not really been taught in churches about these things, we have no knowledge of them whatsoever, but they're very, very real. That's why it says in Proverbs 22, 24, and 25, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. See, there's that soul tie again. You can form a soul tie with somebody, and if they're angry, you become angry. Spirits of those you hang around can attach themselves to you, so we need to be careful who we become friends with. Remember the old saying, birds of a feather flock together. That's a worldly saying of a spiritual truth. Those familiar spirits draw people together. The other definition of familiar is cause to know, let to know, make known, come to give knowledge. And remember I was talking about the crossing over show when they would get in touch with their dead loved one. This is this is what happened. To give private information, secret information, prognosticator, someone who knows things beforehand that they otherwise couldn't know, and it's foretelling by signs or symptoms. These are the ones that are the psychics, the fortune tellers, the palm readers. It also says in Leviticus 20 that if you go to people who operate with familiar spirits, you will be cut off. That can't be good. I don't know exactly what it means to be cut off, but it can't be a good thing. Then if you are the one who has the familiar spirit, in other words, witchcraft, if you have been involved in the occult and you have used these powers yourself, it brings a death sentence. It says they shall surely be put to death. So see people who come out of the occult and then they get saved, if you don't break those death sentences and uh, renounce those things and have those spirits cast out of you, it's very possible that you can get an incurable disease because you get a death sentence when you practice witchcraft. That's why God said, I suffer a witch not to live. There's the curse of death right there. You get cut off if you go to those using familiar spirits. What would some familiar spirits be working with pornography? You have perversion, unclean spirits, lust, fornication, masturbation, oral sex, sodomy, sadism, bestiality, pedophilia, 
eroticism, fantasy, right? I say right. When, when a person watches and is continually being excited by sexual acts, I use this example. I'm a woman. I like to cook. If I look at a recipe for chocolate pie very long, I'm going to have chocolate pie. So if the man is watching these things all the time, and many times in these pornographic films the man is the dominator, it can cause and incite, excite a man to go out and find somebody and do the same thing, which is rape. Homosexuality, and I've discussed that, prostitution, whoredom, adultery, violence, immorality, witchcraft, deception, bondage, secrecy, and then, of course, the addiction itself. So... Just remember that if you've been involved in this, all of these things have been working in you. Those spirits come through the screen or the book or the movies, and they attach themselves to the watcher. Then they are loosed into your home, can also attach themselves to your children. You know, I really do believe that's why we are seeing such an explosion of homosexuality, because men have secretly been indulging in uh, pornography, and so all those spirits are in the man or the woman, and then those spirits are uh, going into the womb with the children, with the babies, and causing these perverse um, spirits to be on the children. I just can't even understand how... It is growing at the rate that it is growing. And it's no longer, you know, something that is shameful. It's almost like celebrated in our society. It's protected. All these TV shows, almost every one of them, have homosexuals. This is not hate speech against homosexuals. I always say, I am not saying that. I am telling you what God says about it. It's an abomination. He said it's an abomination, therefore it's an abomination. I'll just stop with that. Here is one more scripture. God really drove home to me and even opened up a little broader understanding of it. In Romans 1, 18-32, we read those a while ago. The one that says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not seemly. You compare that to Hosea 4.6. It says, this used to be, um, and still is one of my favorite scriptures, I would always say, my people, God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But here's the rest of that. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. I used to think it was because people just did not know. No. They know that it says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. It's a serious, serious thing. So saints, wherever we have sinned, We chose not to retain God in our knowledge. 
We gave God no thought in making our decision when we were tempted. We rejected the knowledge of God. We rejected what we know of God in order to do what we wanted to do. And we forgot the law of God. We knowingly rebelled against the law of God in order to do what we wanted to do or to sin. It really is a hardness of heart. Jesus said about divorce in Matthew 19, 8, he said to the Pharisees when they were asking him about putting away their wives, he said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. If you're having marital problems, I encourage you go to lhbconline.com and listen to my testimony. It's called A Marriage Resurrected. When God restored my husband and my marriage after a depression, pretty much destroyed everything that was there between us, and God resurrected our marriage. That's something that I don't think we consider that we're hardening our hearts. That's one thing that needs to be repented of as well. Now I'm going to go to the list of deliverance where if you have been involved in pornography and now understand the far-reaching effects that it has, why don't we do some deliverance? First, I bind that lying spirit that tells you that you will never be free from pornography. Yes, it is a hook. Yes, it is an addiction. But Jesus Christ came to set the captive free. So if you've been held captive by an addiction to pornography, I want you to know that today is your day and that you can be set free from this. But it's like if you're an alcoholic and you gain freedom over alcoholism, you have to stay away from alcohol. It's the same with pornography. If you truly want to be free from it, you can be free from it, but then you have to stay away from it. Of course, we know that people who are getting healed of alcoholism sometimes fall back into the alcohol. Don't beat yourself up if you don't have complete success all at once. It's a process. But listen, Jesus Christ has already obtained the victory of everything that we will struggle with in our lives. He has gained the victory. So through him, you can also have that victory. But there is a fight to be fought, and we're going to start by binding those spirits that came in. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. I thank you that you have opened the eyes of our understanding concerning pornography and its far-reaching effects and damage. So right now, I cover every person listening with the blood of Jesus Christ. I call angels to assist. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind the spirit of perversion that is involved in pornography. I command that spirit of perversion to come out of their eyes right now, come out of their ears, the sounds, come out of their mouth, their throat, their esophagus, come out of their tongue, their taste buds, come off of their lips. I bind that spirit of perversion. I command you to come off of their hands, their fingers, every muscle that was involved in self-gratification, out of the thighs, the calves, the leg muscles, the back muscles, the feet, the toes, 
the buttocks, the male sex organs, the female sex organs. Get out in the name of Jesus. All perversion, you've got to go. Even out of their stomach, their intestines, come out of their heart, come out of their bowels in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind all spirits in the mind, vain imaginations. Go in the name of Jesus. All living out the acts in your mind. I bind memory recall and break its power over all the images that came into your eyes and into your mind. You go in the name of Jesus. I bind that scattered mind, that fragmented mind. All confusion go in the name of Jesus. All the forgetfulness, all the trouble concentrating. I bind all the witchcraft involved in pornography. Mind control. I bind you and break your power. I loosen you, a sound mind. I activate right now the mind of Christ that you received when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. I bind all fornication spirits and command them to go. All spirits of disgust and shame and guilt and self-hatred go in the name of Jesus. I bind all spirits of molestation, rape, and incest. You go, all effeminate spirits and men i bind you and break your power go in the name of jesus all lying spirits tormenting spirits go all voices in the head you know oh you just need to go watch some porn uh, all those uh, voices in your head i command them to shut up right now in the name of jesus spirits of insanity thinking that you're going to go crazy you're like a crazy person until you can go watch it I bind that spirit of insanity in Jesus' name and command it to get out. All drivenness and compulsion go in the name of Jesus. All masculine spirits in women, you go in the name of Jesus. All incubus spirits and succubus spirits, all spirit husbands and spirit wives, I bind you and break your power and I forbid you to operate anymore. I come against all the sexual torments sexual torments, all the thoughts uh, in your mind, I bind them and break their power. I bind and break all sexually transmitted diseases if it's caused you to be promiscuous and um, have been many sexual partners. I bind and break those sexually transmitted diseases and command them to be healed in the name of Jesus. I bind all spirits that came into you through experimentation, even as a young child, all spirits that came into you through experimentation, all evil eye, I bind the evil eye, the lustful eyes, the perverse eyes, the wanton eyes, the wandering eyes. You go. I break your power in Jesus' name. All spirits come out of the eyes. All those evil, perverse spirits get out of their eyes now in the name of Jesus. I bind evil appetite. I bind the evil appetite and gluttony in Jesus' name. All bestiality, I break your power. Sex with animals, spirits of animals, all animal spirits come out in the name of Jesus Christ. All unclean spirits that entered into you through watching pornography, all the unclean spirits get out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. All deception and hypocrisy feeling like a hypocrite because you're you're a man of God or a woman of God, yet you sit in front of a computer watching and, and uh, being involved with pornography. All spirits of hypocrisy, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. Deception, 
all spirits of deception, those deceptive voices that tell you that it's okay, you're an adult, you can do what you want to do, you're not hurting anybody else. I bind those spirits and command them to get out in the name of Jesus Christ. I break all desolation, desolation and isolation that Satan would have you desolate and isolated so that he can destroy you. I bind those spirits and break their power now in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind all spirits of destruction, destruction of relationships, destruction of peace of mind. You go in Jesus' name. All spirits of divorce, spirits of divorce, go in the name of Jesus. All dirty old man spirits, get out in the name of Jesus Christ. And whoremonger spirits, you go in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would restore to them a clean heart and a right spirit in Jesus' name. I command all defilement. I bind and break the power of all defilement, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All lust spirits, you go. The Antichrist spirit. I didn't discuss that, but there is an Antichrist spirit involved in pornography. I break that power of that Antichrist spirit right now in Jesus' name and command it to get out. All spirits of self-gratification, masturbation, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out in Jesus' name. Father, we repent for idolatry to running to a false refuge for peace in Jesus' name. All idolatry, I break your power and command you to go. All spirits of homosexuality, get out in the name of Jesus. All spirits of sodomy, bestiality, adultery, all perverted sex acts, you get out in the name of Jesus. All marriage-breaking spirits, I break your power in the name of Jesus. Spirits of divorce and the defilement of the marriage bed. Father, I ask that you would restore purity and sanctity and holiness to the marriage bed in Jesus' name. I bind all familiar spirits that came out of the screen, out of the book, out of music, whatever the familiar spirits use to come into you. I command them to get out now. I break their power. I give them leave. Get away from God's people in Jesus' name. And, Father, I break the death sentence off of men and women who have lusted after the acts that they have watched. I break the death sentence that came upon them. I bind that spirit of death and command it to go. I bind the spirit of infirmities, all infirmities that came as a result of this. You go. I break your power. And I bind and break the spirit of the bride of Satan, where Satan claimed uh, a woman of God or a man of God or young people, the children even, that are looking at pornography. I bind and break the power of that spirit of the bride of Satan. And today, if you feel that that has been something that has happened to you, that that spirit of the bride of Satan has taken you over and it's a jealous spirit. It will not let you have a right relationship with your wife. I just want you to repeat this. Father, in the name of Jesus, today I give a spiritual writ of divorcement to Satan. Satan, I'm not your bride. I renounce my relationship with you, and I forbid you to have authority over my body anymore. You will not use me by sending your sex demons to me anymore. 
and I remove right now the veil of the spirit of the bride of Satan. And, Father, I ask you to drop down your most holy veil so that I am seen in the spirit realm as the bride of Christ. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your shed blood that can cleanse me from all defilement. I ask you to restore now the purity of your sons and daughters, Father. I restore to them their authority that was forfeited. I call back their authority to their bodies so that they can have complete control over their bodies and nobody else, no other force of evil can use their bodies for its pleasure any longer. And we just thank you right now, Father. We thank you that you loved us enough that your son shed his blood so that we could be made holy and pure. And we just give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Whenever I lead someone through breaking soul ties, this is the process. So let's just take a first name of someone that you have broken soul ties with, however you did it with these past partners. So you just repeat after me, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break evil soul ties with Diane. I ask you to forgive me for sinning with her. And right now, I send her soul and spirit back to her. And I call my soul and spirit back to myself, cleansed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, Father, I ask you to restore my soul and heal my mind. And I give leave to every familiar spirit that attached itself to me through that relationship with Diane. And now I command every spirit that came into me through that relationship with her to get out of me now in the name of Jesus. Get out. Every spirit, every spirit came into him through that relationship. Get out in the name of Jesus. Get out. I thank you, Father, that you restored that part of his mind and that part of his soul that she still possessed. So that's the process that I use. In my estimation, it's a done deal. That is forever over with. One other thing that I do, sometimes especially if there were multiple partners, you know, many partners, Uh, The last thing I usually say is, Father, I ask that you would send out the angels right now to go and gather up all the fragmented pieces of whoever I'm praying for and bring them back to them. Because sometimes there's so many, they don't even remember who they are. So those fragmented pieces of their soul and their mind, I just ask the angels to go get them and, and bring them back to them and have the Father restore and make whole. We pray that you have been blessed by Carla's message. Her prayer, including this entire message, can be found on our website, propheticmessage.org. 
There you can listen to the message again and also download the audio and share it with your friends. Visit Carla's website at carlabutah.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash deliverance. This link can be found at the bottom of her biographical information at the propheticmessage.org website. And be sure to visit us at mexler.com slash witnessproject for extended programming and uplifting Christian music. See you next time.